Welcome to Infinite Trek, where we cover everything Star Trek. From animated to live action, comics to novels, from games to real life tech. If it's Star Trek, or even Star Trek adjacent, it's here. So get ready to talk about Trek no matter what your knowledge level is. Whether you've been watching since the 1960s or just discovered Star Trek 47 minutes ago, we, we welcome, welcome you. you. Welcome to Infinite Trek. This is our weekly podcast where we talk about everything Star Trek, but right now Lower Decks. I'm Aaron Harvey. I'm joined by the lovely and talented Brandy Chacola. Oh, thank you for very much for the lovely and talented. Uh, <laughs> and in the it. chat room, we have Dave the Mod, which is Ooh. David Jackola, and we got a discount by getting two for what price of one. Yes, <laughs> yes. I suckered him into being the Mod, and he is doing a very great job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How are you today? I, I am mostly well. Um we actually got some rain last night, which is something that hasn't happened for far too long of a time. Yeah, you were in a drought, aren't you? Uh, yeah, well, it's it it's been the hottest August on record. Yeesh. So, yeah, it's cooling down now for a few days. It's only going to last a few days, and then it's going to get stupid hot again, at least for this time of year. But other than that, I'm personally all right. I'm I'm in good health, as far as I know. <laughs> How are you doing, Aaron? <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you. Um, the temperature was 64 degrees last night, and I was just super happy. My fan that I have that will it tells the temperature, and it'll keep trying to keep the air going until it gets it's shut off. And I was just like, oh no, the fan broke. And I was <laughs> like, oh no, it actually reached the temperature where it's like, nope, I don't need to use the fan. And it was just that was crazy to me. So I was very very happy. <laughs> Uh, and I get my office back next week. So yes! the power has been fixed. So we will have a, a different background next week if you're watching the live show. Ooh, juicy so. danglers. I'm excited. <laughs> and I get a new bed tomorrow. Everything's kind of like, everything's like kind of moving. The house is rearranging. I, it's going it's, it's gonna to feel like a whole new place next week. Nice. So, yeah. I'm hoping that uh, my sleep will improve slightly, if nothing else, from the, the new bed and mattress. So. I hope so too, because not being able to sleep well really sucks, and I speak from experience. Yes, it is. It it's truly one of those things that make a huge difference, and you don't think so. I know people are just like, you don't want to uh, scrimp on a, a scrimp. You don't want to skimp no. on a mattress or scrimp. Uh, so uh, yeah, I had, ended up being like a. It was a weird series of events that led to it, and actually, fairly affordable mattress for what I'm getting. So I'm pretty happy. Excellent. Good for you. So this week we are talking about Moist Vessel, which mm -hmm. I know is a title that a lot of people don't like. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I posted about it on Facebook and my sister Brooke jumped in with the shutters <laughs> because I know she hates that word. I uh, taunt her with it because she has done the same to me with grammar. So, you know. She once gave me a Christmas card that had two teenagers on the front of it speaking to each other. And one of them is saying, where is the party at? And the other one says, don't end a sentence in a preposition. And you open the card and it says, okay, where is the party at, bitch? <laughs> Happy <laughs> birthday. Great. And it's like... <laughs> Okay, so for her birthday, in in honor for my mother, because my mother can't get out, she asked me to pick up a birthday card for her birthday, and so I found a birthday card that just on the front, in big letters, says "moist." 
and you open the card and it says, now your birthday can only get better from here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm that <so> is, <laughs> it's a weird title because they, it, normally these titles seem to have like a little bit of a uh, more direct tie-in. Mm-hmm. Of, of what's happening this moist vessel was just like i think they just chose that because of that reaction that people get yeah well yeah but also like the this the ship that they're towing it is full of this liquid that's true yeah. so and this this genesis particular liquid. substance yeah the genesis liquid is is a liquid and so it is moist yeah. and it and it creates moist it creates all kinds of moist things so that's true i guess I, it is I a building block, okay. block of life so yeah i i Liquid. think that's okay that they named it moist vessel and i love that they did it to piss people off <sighs> again and, i'm and, so you know, terrible but, well you know and star trek fans <laughs> are really easy going they're not going to get upset about anything so it's oh fun. no never never no <laughs> I think that's our weekly uh, call out to people, <laughs> to the trolls and the people who take things too seriously. I Get drink alive. your tears, gatekeepers. <laughs> I drink them uh, in my crystal chalice. Gatekeepers. Uh, Jesse Gender just had a really good video about the whole fandom menace and, and all that. It's just, yeah. It's just, she's just like, if there's ever a new show, you, I don't need to make a new video. Just go back and watch this and mm-hmm. you can just, it'll get the same points, you know? <laughs> Oh, it's absolutely yeah. true because this has happened with Eddie. Ev- Ugh, let me try that again. This <laughs> has happened with every iteration of Star Trek from Next Generation on. Oh no, every from uh, TAS one. on. Oh, excuse me, TAS on. <laughs> but it really got people's hackles up when they did TNG because it's not the same people now. There's a oh, new right. thing to be upset about. So in yeah. uh, our panel that we did for uh, Rosity Comic Con last week, we talked about. Uh, there was a person who took out an ad in newspapers nationally because they said they didn't want Star Trek, the animated series, to come to television because it wasn't quote real Star Trek. So it that that's as I mean that's the level back then that you could do. It's the equivalent, I guess, of having like all the social media and stuff. But mm-hmm. so they I think they they nipped that in the bud eventually. But there were people at, at convention that were handing out uh, um, not questionnaires what am i trying to say uh, petitions to stop the show and it's so it's it's happened since day one <laughs> okay people have a very I... specific idea of what they that their fandom is and what makes them happy and oh. then yeah you know i feel like if you're gonna get upset enough to take out an ad or start circulating petitions it should be something about uh children in prison camps there you go or something like yeah. that i feel like not wanting a show to go on a show that's star trek but animated i feel like that's really just super petty yeah it was 1973 you could do this, you know like the environment or overpopulation oh, or whatever was really popular then pollution really yep. started to come to the forefront in the 60s yep. and you know and carol burnett actually spoke out about that on her show like every really? week she I was always that. putting social justice things in at the end of her show and again that's why Stupid i had a mad respect. warriors <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. And so it's just dumb Carol Burnett. <laughs> yeah. I was Always bringing I can't politics imagine. into her comedy. <laughs> yeah. Putting politics in her comedy. Guess what? That's what comedy does. It takes yeah. current things and makes them funny if they're not yeah. already. True. Anyway. Uh, should we uh, give a little recap of what the, the yeah. moist vessel was about? Let's, let's talk about this moist vessel, okay? Okay. I'm going to do the whole recap like this. No, I'm really All not. Right. That'll drive no, everyone nuts. <laughs> I'll, I'll put on my Southern genteel voice for this recap. No, I won't do that either. People will just be like, shut up. Uh, so How about the, the British first... voice? Uh, oh, no, I can't do that, darling. There might be people from Britain who will come in and say, no, no, you, you're not doing it right. You don't even know what region you're speaking. So anyway... <laughs> Just stop that's there. our show for today. Thank you. Come uh, back next yes. week. We'll be here all week. Yes. Uh, you're a United Federation of Characters. Oh, anyway. No. <laughs> Sorry. That sounds like no, a, an improv exercise that we used to do where the mind. one person would get up and the instructor would say, okay, do, do a character and you just start doing a character and then they'd say change. And change. every time they yep. shouted change, you had to become a different character and you couldn't like repeat characters. characters or something like that. Something like that. I, yeah. It's di called yeah, different we, things in different places. Yeah. But, we did that in class. <laughs> yeah. But you'd get maybe 10, 15 seconds and the instructor would shout change. And if you duplicated yeah. a character, you were out. Mm -hmm. And it became sort of a competition of who could stay in the longest and do the most definitively different characters. <laughs> so I won. Anyway. <laughs> Congratulations. Because I have no shame. No shame. Uh, so the, for the first time ever, the cold open actually pertains to the rest of the episode. Yes. So that was an interesting change. But uh, yeah, we we begin with what sounds like a captain's log, but kind of melds into a briefing situation where everyone's in the uh, the observer the observation lounge. Yeah, I'm having trouble with words today. I apologize. And uh, the captain's there, and you know the main bridge crew are there, and Mariner is there. Anyway, they're supposed <laughs> to be helping to tow this derelict generation ship. They never really state exactly where they're towing it. I'm assuming it's to a star base so they can study this liquid that it contains, which is this liquid that can create life out of inorganic material. <laughs> Genesis. Um, anyway, <laughs> it's. The thing is, is that there's also David Max Vanguard series where they give you an in-book explanation of how that Genesis project really got their stuff. Ah, but okay. yeah, what led to that, that it wasn't all just, oh, we thought this up, that they were building right. on, on this this uh, previous lost technology from another civilization. Anyway, so this canon, so. The, the grasshopper ship, as I call it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That is a good, it, good definition. It looks, like a, it looks like a grasshopper without its wings yeah. and legs. So uh, it's full of uh, mummies in cryo units. Something went wrong. Their cryo units failed. And it's just a ship full of dead people. But this matter that they were transporting. And uh, so she's she's talking with uh, Captain Durango, which is a really odd name for a Tellarite. I'm thinking that is a name he chose, not the name mm -hmm. he was born with. 
It's also the name of the character in the yeah, fistful of datas. I hate that episode. Uh, um, hey, yay! So do I. <laughs> yes, thank you. You are the first person I've talked to that doesn't like it either. I just, it's, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mm. a a little bit of Brent Spiner is already a little too much for me sometimes, and that's just it's all it's at talk about the United Federation of Characters. It's just like. Data does everything. I'm like, no, mm -hmm. please, no, no, no. Yeah, it uh, it was not only that; it was also just I don't. I'm I'm not a fan of westerns. I agree. I was forced to watch them all the time while I was growing up because there was so one was television, and it just I just don't enjoy it. I know lots of people do, and that's fine. It's just not my thing. I don't enjoy it. So, it wasn't until recently that the actually somebody from this channel has gotten me more interested in it and seeing it, seeing westerns beyond just the setting and the the cowboy and the dirt, you know, just the, <laughs> something about growing up in the Midwest or the the Northwest having trees and mountains. It just feels so empty when I watch a western. Mm -hmm. It's just almost uh, the reverse of claustrophobic, agrophobic, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree just... with you. I just don't like the romanticized version of it, of the old West. Yeah. And yeah. it just, it isn't my thing. Um, there are Please. some Westerns that I have liked, but for the most part, not my thing. Anyway, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. that he, he likes, he, he presents later in the episode that he wants to be thought of well. Yes. And he wants to be more important, wants to seem more important, which is why he makes it clear that he's the one in command of this mission. And, you know, Mariner's passing out the pads and takes that opportunity to become really super annoying for a few minutes <laughs> while she just starts yawning. And she's only doing this to piss off her mom. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, she's only doing this to piss off her mom and because she doesn't care about anything that's going on. Now you're actually yawning. Yes, I <laughs> <laughs> I tricked my body into actually yawning. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, so basically she just, she's like, oh, <laughs> So, and I know how that feels when you actually are trying to hold in a yawn, but yeah. she's, she was faking it. And uh, so that's, that's our cold open. And then Mariner gets the dressing down. Um, <laughs> and she doesn't care. And that's so shocking and out of character for him. I know. Uh, you know, don't disrespect me in front of the crew, etc. which is a valid yeah. point from the captain. Yes. Uh, Mariner doesn't care. She leaves with a sarcastic Vulcan salute. Both hands. Ooh. I loved that so much. <laughs> just, yeah. just how she was doing it in her facial expressions. So <laughs> just, yeah. That was fantastic. And uh, so she's just, she's just really angry. She wants to get rid of Mariner. And Ransom comes in. And is like, I don't know why you even, why you don't just kick her off the ship. But it's not my place to tell you how to do anything. <laughs> and, you know, he makes a suggestion, which the, she then suddenly appropriates as her own idea, which just yeah. also went, mm, not the first that doesn't time become he... a thing. Because no, she did I, that last we... episode. I think it's a thing, actually. Yeah, I think it's I don't a thing. Want it to be. <laughs> I, I know I don't want it to be either, but when it comes to Mariner, it tends to be, you know, that's her blind spot, her weak spot. So anything yeah. 
she wants to be the one that has the idea. And Ransom is obviously used to that because yeah. he's, he's just, in blink. He's just, yeah, he's like, oh, what, yeah. great idea. That's why you're the captain. Yeah. So, so we've got that plot going on. That's one A plot. We kind of have an A plot, an A minus plot, and then a <laughs> B plot. plot. Yeah. <laughs> so, because Tindy has a lot to do in this episode as well. They're kind of balanced almost as yeah. far as time spent. So let's switch to Tendi. Meanwhile, she is super excited because she's going to go watch an ascension. <laughs> Woo! I, I love her enthusiasm for absolutely everything. It's yeah. just, it's infectious. And Rutherford has no idea what an ascension is. Uh, we do because we watch Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> We watched SG One, you guys. <laughs> but uh, maybe Tendi yeah. did too. <laughs> maybe she did. Maybe she's a Stargate fan. You don't know. <laughs> so uh, it's it's a crewman that has been studying for like ten years and is about ready to shuffle off this mortal coil and become one with the universe. In that regard, and uh, so he she explains it to him, and he's just like, "Okay, have fun." <laughs> yeah. So she uh, she's not really sure what to expect, uh, if there's going to be interesting noises like, ooh, ooh. yeah. <laughs> so and when she gets to this this chamber, it's basically this crewman's quarters and uh, there's already a circle of people there and she comes in quietly and sits down. But she's just so excited. And she's like, oh, am I, is she, am I what, are we joining in? Yeah. And so, and he's putting the sand on a mandala on the floor and, you know, very, very carefully the way that he's placing the sand. And then he closes his eyes and talks about how, as he comes closer to decorporation, words lose their meanings. And I'm already just like, what yeah <laughs> this guy's faking it and he is as far as i can tell a human yes so, so why would that happen yeah well there's the new humans yeah that's true and in the motion picture uh, uh novelization and some of the other later non-canon books there's the idea that they're that humans are slowly evolving and they're getting some like mm -hmm. esp type sensory perception and uh so it's possible that he could be consider himself a new human yeah like maybe that's is that like is that like the new mutants oh never mind wrong no. show anyway <laughs> close it's sort of mutant like i guess in some ways it's, well that's the thing these things comes about by mutations in our dna yeah. and in etc so uh and yeah so he looks just like you know, a normal human and then Tendi gets really excited about seeing this. I've got to look at the word because I wrote it down and I don't want to screw this up. Uh, it's a Juchian gong. Oh, that yes. Which is not a and, thing because I looked it up. Yeah, it's okay. She yeah. she climbs <laughs> carefully over the mandala. And I'm like, why didn't you go around? But when someone is focused on something and someone is enthusiastic as Tendi is focused on something, she just want to get get to it by the shortest distance possible and she uh she touches the gong it comes off of its stand starts rolling she tries to catch it and she flops <laughs> belly flops right in the mandala <laughs> belly flops <sighs> and he gets really really upset <laughs> Yeah, he has lost all calm that he had the you know pretense of having. <laughs> yeah, ten, 10 years of calm gone in a few seconds. Yeah. To which I thought, 
definitely mm. faking because if yeah. someone had really been working towards ascension for that long yeah one little thing is not going to destroy their calm it might ruffle yeah. them for a moment yeah. but then they would just be able to recenter and keep going so... my favorite thing is when she tries to fix it and she goes over to the replicator and like computer sand room te- colorful sand room temperature room temperature <laughs> why room temperature like you have different levels of heat of sand there <laughs> well you know if you wanted hot sand like you were making a beach or something oh, that's, yeah. that's true you know but i just i didn't know that the replicator could make different sand. sands maybe it's, it's a meat that- Maybe yeah. it's like edible for certain species, sand, silica, it's, and stuff like this. I'm sure it's possible. Yeah, because she just they're... found out what sand is. Maybe she programmed it in. Sand <laughs> <laughs> uh, in my in my room, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Now, uh, switching back to well, actually, we have a little bit of a plot for rutherford but not much where he is tasked with monitoring the power fluctuation fluctuations in the tractor beams and that's not what he wanted to, <laughs> to monitor it <laughs> was not th- that fluctuation some other fluctuations uh, it was in i think it was like the impulse uh, man uh, fluctuations but uh, then when he starts actually monitoring the fluctuations he gets yeah. really excited like he These does are great yeah yeah but uh, my, I, probably my favorite part of this episode is when Mariner gets promoted and she suddenly has to take care of all of these duties but before that she's given a whole bunch of tasks that she shouldn't like including cleaning the bleep filters in the hall and out of the no cleaning the bleep out of the bleep filters in the holodeck (laughs) which i think we all know what the bleep stands for yep yeah especially when in the ready room the captain says people really use it for that and he's like oh yeah like 90 percent. that's what it's used for (laughs) which we all know people gonna get down getting Mm -hmm. down in the holodeck so (laughs) Which is honestly, really, why why would you choose to go somewhere like Sandrine's when you could be getting it on with anyone you could program in? That Olympic team in the, in the first episode. The Naked Olympic Team Training Program? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. All-male Naked Olympic t- yeah, training program. Yes. Why, why would you? I don't know. I guess it just depends on who likes doing <laughs> But yeah, the people are using it for sex, you guys. Come on. And uh, she gets to the point where she starts to marry Poppins her tasks and mm. she makes them fun. So now she's having a good time. And so that's when the captain is like, well, what does she hate? <gasps> oh, yes. And now that idea is totally hers. And yeah. it is very, very low. <laughs> so- yeah. Just real, real, real quick on the when the uh the, making the tasks uh more pleasurable. Oh, in the tr- yeah. turbo lift. <laughs> turbo lift. Oh yeah, that that was great. He's like, he's like, sorry. Whatever. <laughs> she's like, she's, she's working in there. I like he just pushes aside the sign that says Ensign, mm-hmm. we're I'm working or whatever it was. Um, no, but when she was doing the uh scoring, uh, using the carbon. phaser to take carbon scoring off of more carbon, um. It to me, I thought it was going to turn into almost a um, uh, what am I trying to say? The white picket fence painting uh, from 
wax on, wax off. No, no, no. Uh, it's an American novel, and my uh, Samuel Clemens wrote it, and the uh, Huckleberry Finn, and uh, the whole idea that it's like, hey, I can con you into painting this fence because it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was going to be ten or that uh, Mariner was going to convince everybody else that it was just so much great fun that they would finish the job for her at first. Mm-hmm. That's where I thought that was headed. No, I think she she might have had that in mind, but then the person next to her, what species was that person? I do don't know? remember off the top of my head. I don't know because because she had kind of like purple hair and like dots for eyebrows, and instead of pupils, she had like slits in her eyes. Huh. So. I have never, I'm not familiar with this species. And if someone knows what they are, just let me know. I will. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, very interesting. Yeah. But she says, oh, so make it like a competition to see who can get their stuff done first. And that's what they end up doing. So that's when Mariner promotes her. And now she has to do all of this executive stuff because they put her in operations so that they can torture her. <laughs> and I uh, I loved the initial room, the initial observation rooms uh, sequence where they're like, okay, now we have to decide about the new chairs for the observation lab. <laughs> <laughs> and he's talking about the chair with the leather strip. And I'm like, that's very TNG. <laughs> very TNG, you guys. Well, what about bar stools? I can't sit on bar stools. <laughs> and yeah. And then just the, the the sort of montage of her being called to do all of these things. Yeah. And including like management training. Yeah. Which is no, just no. That I understand you think you're making it fun, but no. No, I do not want to listen to the yes that yes. If you're watching the or if you're listening to the the audio version, we just pulled up a screenshot of the uh, the alien, which is I don't think a, an alien that we've seen before. Well, it's she's cool. I want to know more. She's very her. cool. Yeah, I want to know more about her. So yeah, that uh, that management that team meeting basically with uh, how long did the <laughs> captain stand up there and scat? We don't know. We got in on the oh. tail end of it. It could have been ten yeah. minutes. It could have been ten minutes, and then the whole thing with <laughs> United Federation of characters. characters. Oh, oh I'm sorry, I didn't see you beam in there. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I I do love the one of my favorite scenes of the the montage is her laying on her bed yes. and she's being okay. called to report to executive poker and she just rolls over and then rolls off the bed and across and then rolls the towards the door. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was oh, great. And uh, he, here's our C plot: is that yes. <laughs> Boimler is super upset that Mariner has been promoted over him because he's our Starfleet fanboy. He does everything right that goes above and beyond in all of his duties. And yet Mariner is the one who gets promoted and he's, he's in the observation lounge when it happens or conference (laughs) or whatever they want to call it. And he's just like losing his mind while it's happening. He's like, 
no, no, this is, this is a bad dream. It's a bad dream. Right. <laughs> oh, this is really happening. And so he, he, he goes to see Mariner and asks her, well, what did you do? She said, oh, same thing I always do. It's bad is good now? I don't know. <laughs> and he takes, he, unfortunately, that's the lesson he takes from it. And he, uh, he decides he's going to become a bad boy. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, Boimler, you're not going to do it well. He could not have done that even if he tried harder. Like, <laughs> no, that's the thing. It's just it's not in his nature. Yeah. Well, but he doesn't I, even understand what that means. It's like it's not it's not just the, the physical acts. There's a, there's something behind that. But he's just I love the they uh, they call him to duty and he's he's got a communicator. and He's like, oh, I'll be there. All right. And you'll get everything you deserve. It's like, uh, excuse I'm sorry, me. What was that? <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, holodeck uh, Moriarty. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny because how many times in Star Trek have we seen the same similar situation where we're like, okay, so do you have to tap the badge or don't you have to tap yeah. the badge? And if you tap the badge, does everything you say before tapping the badge they don't hear that? And do you have to? I mean, I've seen people sometimes tap the badge to end communication yeah. and sometimes not and it's just like there's no consistency whatsoever throughout all of star trek on that we had that training for our improv star trek show <laughs> where it was like something it's like you tap it to talk and then you have to tap it when you're done and we will at times when we didn't it's like oh this is still on you know we would actually use that as a as that's a joke funny. or something like that yeah so that's, that's it, great. It's, it, yeah it was very fun to like try to do that or uh going in and out of the doors we didn't have sound effect for that or we did but people didn't it would have been too hard for the tech person to know specifically when we're doing this. So we go, so the last person who enters a room has to make the closing door noise. And if they don't, the door's just been left open. (laughs) Okay. So now I'm having flashbacks to airplane (laughs) two. Yeah. (laughs) On the moon base. Mm -hmm. With Shatner. Very similar. And and that's how they actually make the doors open and close as they walk to it and go, shh. And then the door opens, sh- and mm-hmm. then they have to turn around and go. Sh- so it'll close. <laughs> it's that without the actual door. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh. Anyway. But yeah. So. What was I talking about? Oh yeah. So Boimler's Boimler. bad <laughs> boy thing. Yeah. Boimler's big bad boy thing is spilling coffee on Ransom's crotch at a very tense moment. Yes. <laughs> it's the, with the overarching plot that we haven't even talked about yet, pretty much. Yeah, which which we'll get to, which yeah. is because we've got plot A and plot A minus and plot B and plot C. <laughs> it's a lot for a really small uh, like period of time. There is, yeah. and it doesn't feel super rushed, which I thought was kind of crazy. So it's yeah, it it actually is really really well balanced. It's a yeah. lot happening at once, but at the same time, you're just like I'm here for this. Yeah. So. Anyway, that's that's pretty much the end of Boimler's thing right there. And he he really just loves being with the executive officers because they have better replicator programs than yeah. the rest of the ship. And he wants to eat gnocchi and uh, lobster ravioli and mm. <laughs> fritters. Lobster ravioli, that sounds good. And I'm allergic to shellfish, so not good for brandy. Unless you like to see me projectile vomit. We have a comment in the chat room from uh, PJC4774. Uh, Char and Tristan, who were used to be uh, 
hosts on uh, uh, the Voyager podcast on Trek FM uh, to the journey uh, said on their commentary that Mariner being promoted over Boimler officially makes Boimler the Harry Kim of lower decks. I don't know. Does it though? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we see in the next week on that Boimler has a girlfriend. So I'm thinking yeah. like an actual girlfriend who's there, not one mm-hmm. back on earth. Or in the holodeck. No. Or on the holodeck. <laughs> Let me get, we're going to have to accidentally, or no matter what, we're going to have to meet her in the holodeck. <laughs> yeah, and just, we, do we ever see the Delaney sisters? I mean, just, yes. Yeah, we do. I know. I know. Oh. They're do mentioned really, really early on, though, before yeah, you actually like, see them. In the first few episodes, they're mentioned. Yeah. So, yeah. yep. Anyway, so yes. uh, yeah. that's, that's pretty much all we see of Boimler until the very end, which we'll talk about when we get to yeah. the very end. Meanwhile, they have started towing this generation ship, and Durango is not pleased because he feels like he should be the one who is closer to the ship when the Cerritos really is in a better position to do that. He does not care, and he orders them to move closer to the ship. The tractor beam then pulls off one of the panels and then pulls in a lot of this material, and it starts taking over the Merced, which is also a city in California, by the way. Yes. Another California class. Two hours ship, so. from San Francisco, something like that. Yep. With traffic. Yeah. Without I, traffic, like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Many moons ago, when I was a young teenager, I worked in a call center for JCPenney Catalog. And yeah. one of our areas was actually, we had all of California. Like most okay. of our calls came from California. You didn't get local calls. You didn't get calls from wherever you were. They had specific areas they assigned to you. And so I learned a lot about California cities <laughs> during that time. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. Yes. You're just a fond of information always. And I really appreciate you. Were mentioned early on, but we're actually seen, not seen until the season five episode, uh, 30 days. Which was about also a water planet, a, a moist planet. Mm-hmm. It was all water. Mm. All of these things are connected, you guys. All of these connected. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, that starts happening. They, they try to shut off the tractor beam on the Cerritos, but it's too late. And so the goo is taking over their ship as well. And Mariner and the captain are arguing in the in the ready room when this happens. And Mariner suddenly is like, pressure has changed and, and uh, the humidity has risen and all these things. She's like, and there were people making jokes last night during the unready room, of which I am a part, about Mariner being a human barometer. I know how that feels. I am a human barometer. And I, I can... Yeah. I can feel a pressure front coming like a week ahead. I get and, a massive headache. <laughs> uh, yeah, I get a headache and the bones that I have broken in the past, oh. the arthritis kicks in. Yikes. So so I know, I know when it's coming. Yeah. And I've had a headache all week. So there, I, I knew that Uh-oh. cold front was coming without yeah. the, we- the weather forecast. Not that it's going to stay. So, you know, now they have to get out of the ready room and yeah. try to find make their way to the environmental controls because Mariner thinks she knows how to stop this. And in that, that was probably one of my favorite lines in the show when she's like, not on my watch. It's like, this is your this watch. Is your this watch. is literally happening now. <laughs> like, this, yeah. is like, this is your watch. Yeah. 
And then we start to see why Mariner is the way she is. I mean, we've seen hints of it before, but as they're tunneling through trying to get to the environmental controls and she's like, are you sure that's the rock you want to use? And I just went, (laughs) oh, it's very realistic mother daughter conversation. Yes, it is, because I have had conversations like that with my own mother. And my mother is usually pretty great when I tell her, hey, mom, I am a 47-year-old woman who knows her own minds, and I appreciate that you're looking out for me, but I will make this decision on my own. And she backs off. She's just like, oh, yep, you're right. You're right. You know, I'm just, I want the best for you. And I realized that. But what she thinks is the best for me and what I think is the best for me are two different things because she is not me. So they are, they're fighting that whole time. And Mariner is just, why would you not just, why won't you just let me do me? And, oh, I felt that so hard. I felt that so hard. Because that's why Mariner doesn't want to be promoted. That's why she enjoys being a lower decks person because she can do her. Yeah. She's not under her mother's thumb all the time. Yep. And so they finally break through and then start rappelling down a shaft. And of course, she's just like, make sure you keep both hands and just on yep. and on. <laughs> and like, are you going a little fast? I thought you wanted to go fast. <laughs> well, not that fast. Yeah. And, and she's just like, you know, why? This is the problem with you. You keep treating me like a child. Well, if you didn't act like a child, if you were more mature, <laughs> weren't you mature? And she's like, oh, mom, you, yeah. uh, gave, you promoted me trying to make me quit. How mature does that sound to you? <laughs> Basically what she said. And she has no words. She's like, yeah, that's what I thought, Carol. <laughs> oh, you did not just call me Carol. Whatever, Carol. Carol. <laughs> that was the other name that I thought of. We have our, for the people who are listening to the audio, we do funny versions of our names. I'm Aaron Sensors Harvey. And uh, Brandy is Brandy. I'm sorry I helped Jack Ola. <laughs> I was also thinking, Aaron was like, okay, Carol, or whatever, Carol, Harvey. <laughs> yes. So they do finally make it down to the environmental controls, yeah. and Mariner knows exactly what to do. And uh, Freeman goes, oh, you, you read my brief, didn't you? She's like, no, <laughs> only so I, ironically, so I can make fun of it. Yeah. And they... I my favorite thing is she's saying okay if we do this this and this and then all Captain Freeman does hit, computer hit it hitting it, hitting it. <laughs> yeah that's great <laughs> <laughs> I like that little I nod want... to uh, to to Pike at the same time kind of yeah I really I want them to reprogram the Enterprise computer that so that every time Pike says hit it the computer says hitting it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Uh, just use carrie walgreen as the uh uh, the voice (laughs) right yeah yes perfect yeah so day Uh, is saved but now we have to switch back to tindy and what's going on with her she has been trying to run out of time for easter eggs (laughs) our our question of the week i'm gonna hurry up no 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 i just it's no we're fine i'm just like we're gonna go we're gonna go really involved for the short period of time that we have it's great I know there's so much that happens in such a short time. Anyway, Tendi feels bad. She's trying to get this guy to like her. She is using everything in her arsenal, trying to get him ascended. And he is not having it. And then this catastrophe happens where the ship is being reconfigured by this goo. And uh, they are 
basically they almost die together. And it is <laughs> at that point when Tendi admits that she was just so upset that he didn't like her. And it kills her when someone doesn't like her. And he really didn't still, care about her as attention. He just she just wanted yeah. to like you should like me. <laughs> yeah. And then he says, Well, as long as we're gonna die, I may as well admit it. I was faking the whole ascension thing. It's hard to stand out in Starfleet. And he's like, I, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. I knew it big time. And uh long story short, they go through through some near-death situations, more than one. And it's finally, a beautiful coral. Oh, it's amazing. It's actually the yeah. animation of all of this stuff is yes. just fabulous. It's just yes. oh beautiful. Ooh. So it's wonderful. simple, but it, it's funny because I, being a graphic designer, I'm like pulling it apart in my head. Like, how did they do this? Mm -hmm. like, there's some really simple things that they did to make it look really, really good. Yes. And it looks fabulous. And it's eye-catching yeah. and wonderful and fun to look at yeah. and colorful and alien and all, which yeah. is fabulous. And uh, so uh, he uh, O'Connor ends up saving Tendi's life by pushing her out of the way of a falling boulder. He is trapped under the boulder. And he's he's just like, no, no, I did this for you. It's okay. You need to save yourself. And she won't leave him. And as soon as uh, the stuff starts melting back into goo and he's saved, all of a sudden they're like, oh, hey there. And they just <laughs> fall all over each other. And then all of a sudden, O'Connor just starts floating, <laughs> floating away. Because his selfless act has triggered his I love the fact that it was burning. Yeah. Well, if you're turning from a human into like some sort of energy, it probably would not feel great unless you have yes. like some sort of anesthesia or something. <laughs> Absolutely agree. And, you know, he's shouting. Honestly, guys, if you haven't watched this part of the episode with subtitles on, do it. Yes. Do yourself a favor because, you know, he's saying all this stuff. I am everywhere and nowhere. Just, I see I Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> the universe is carried on the back of a koala. He's smiling. What does he know? <laughs> like, and the answer to the universe, uh, or the answer to everything is. A secret and then he of just, life is. is yeah. And then his boots fall out. The only thing that's left are his boots. <laughs> I know his boots, which look really comfortable. Let's be honest. I want some of those boots. They do. And, I, I want uh, those as slippers. Like just exactly. little short booty slippers. They exist because my friend Liam has them. He has shown them to me in pictures. And I'm like, I want them. You mean they have start the lower decks branded or just those types? No, no, of... not lower decks, but they are oh, blue. Okay. They're, they're blue and have the, the science delta on them. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Oh, that's cool. They're, yeah, they're very cool. I like them. And uh so it, it was funny because again, one of my favorite things is He's he's like burning and it hurts. She's just drop and roll, drop and roll, drop back into the physical and roll. <laughs> and he's just he's bouncing like a pinball off of the sides of the walls, like trying to get back into. Uh, and after he's gone, like... Tendi's final words: "I'm sorry, I helped." Yeah, that was so good. Joy being everything. Yeah, our our final resolution with Boimler. Uh is that uh, Mariner comes back in her regular uniform with her one pip. And mm -hmm. uh, he he's just like, how did you get to moon it so fast? And she's like, yeah, I'm pretty good at that. And uh, he, he was very upset. It's like, you had everything I ever wanted. Why are we friends? And she said, 
I still have the executive card for the replicator since she gives it to him. I'm going to go get macaroni and cheese with bread on top or whatever. That sounds fantastic. So that's the end of the Boimler part of that. But then, you know, before that, we've Mariner and uh, Captain Freeman are given medals by the visiting admiral. (laughs) (sighs) Who pronounces censors as censors. Yes, which is funny because Freeman says it even more uh, awkwardly. She says sense yes. or not mm-hmm. sense. And if you look at the the uh, the subtitles, it says sense as in sense of hearing, oars as in oars in a boat. <laughs> so mm-hmm. sense oars. Yeah, and uh, be- before that, she had uh, been talking about to to Mariner about how she was so proud of her and that they were just going to be this power mommy daughter team and yeah just see this look on Mariner's face of oh hell no I gotta mess this up somehow get out of this I mean you can just tell just the way she's just she doesn't have to say a word we know what she's thinking yeah yep so that's when when the whole censors things ha- thing happens. That's when she finds her opportunity. Are you making to- fun of me? <laughs> <laughs> when you know, know that I mispronounce you know- words. <laughs> Who know for mispronouncing words? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what happened there. Uh, the very last thing that we see is Tendi talking to Rutherford about how it was okay if not everybody liked her and Rutherford has the unfortunate uh, reply of, (laughs) well, I'm sure there are a few people on here and on the ship who don't like you. Bad idea. Rutherford. Bad. The last thing you see is her on top of his back, like pulling his leg and just like Mm -hmm. beating up. So, so yeah, overall Uh. the theme and that didn't really occur to me until last night when I was talking about it on the unready room that, this entire episode, like every story of this episode, is about how we feel about how we're perceived by other people. Right. And how we want to be liked by everyone. And that's a human nature. Everybody thing. from Durango to, to Tendi. Mm-hmm. Every single person that had yeah. any appreciable part in this episode. It was all about image, self-image, yeah. and what we project to others and what others truly think of us. Yeah. Wow, it was really which well is done. great. I mean, the, the fact that that theme comes across is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even really thinking about there being a specific theme until it just hit me when I'm talking about all these different things. I'm like, yeah, everybody is about wanting people to see them a specific way. And most of the time, that way is I want people to like me, I want people to respect me, I want people to think I'm a big deal. Yeah, so. All right, let's flash up those Easter eggs. Yes. Okay, so we will start with the generation ship, which is very similar to, well, in some ways, to the uh, generation ship in Voyager episode, The Disease. So, and in fact, this also, the ship, you said Grasshopper, also reminds me a little bit of the, uh, in Robotech, if you've ever seen that, the Zentradi mm-hmm. ships. It's got oh, a little yes. bit of that feel to it. Yes, you're absolutely right. Especially the color. Yeah, so it's got that sort of like you know organic green greenish color, um, well, I've, and I've known oh. in a lot of um, especially anime, but not solely anime. Green is the color of avarice and evil. Mm. Oh, so, that's true. Yeah, yeah, and Zentradi aren't exactly the best people. Am I right? No, no. <laughs> 
and that's well, it, we can go down a rabbit hole of but also in uh, Star Trek Beyond the the whole thing with the uh, using the music against the uh, the swarm was very much like the Minmay defense system in the Robotech as well. <laughs> and I actually yeah. had the chance to ask uh, Simon Pegg about that. He's like, I don't think I've ever seen Robotech. I'm like, I find that hard to believe because you are a <laughs> giant nerd. So I'm like, okay, sure, I'm gonna walk away now. <laughs> yeah. Well, there there are a lot of of anime series that involve singing as a weapon. Yeah. Robotech's yeah. not the only one. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Uh, and the cool thing when we see the outside of the ship, we also get we can see the division colors of the ships a lot better than we normally or well, we've never seen another one actually. Uh, so that yellow stripe that you see around the the Cerritos is not just a design element. It is it it's also the division color, like they're the uniforms of. Ops being yellow, blue being science, and red being command. So we have a science, a mainly science vessel joining them. Yep. Which is the uh, the Merced. Uh, and then the cryonics inside of the bio ship, uh, or the uh, um, generation ship, sort of the cryonics gone wrong from TNG, the neutral zone. We had some of those, like the, the units didn't work or they, you know, the seal was broken. So we had kind of mummies or skeletons in there too. So, and Yes, that was like the 37s with uh, Khan, of course. So cryonics has sort of been in and out of Star Trek quite a bit, actually. Yeah, Just not for them. In and out of a lot of science fiction. Yeah. But yeah, you see it quite a few times in Star Trek. I, I want to know the story about the, the generation ship. I want to know what happened. Yeah. I want I, them I, to, be able to access the logs and piece it together. <laughs> based on my final shaky video. <laughs> <laughs> exactly these are the things i want to know yeah that was one of the like I, this was early on one of the reasons i think i it didn't wasn't my i didn't like it at first not that i disliked it but it was just like yeah because i wanted it to be a regular tng episode because i was actually so interested in that ship and the bio matter and all that stuff and then after i was like okay that's not how this works and i was just like okay and then seeing how much was put into it. And then, like you said, that revolution or re um, revelation of that it was all about image. I thought it was really interesting. So yeah, very, they, very tightly, tightly packed. Yeah. And they're sneaky about getting yeah. their it there. I mean, it's right there. And yet it's not in your face enough to where yes. you're like, oh, I can see that they're pushing this whole narrative. It's, it's not season one TNG punch you in the face with the <laughs> message sort of thing. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Uh, we have transformation, which the there's this happens in a couple different episodes, but I kind of thought this reminded me a little bit more of masks in some ways, just the the inside of the ship with like palm palm fronds and rocks and ever. Uh, but this is you know we've got on a much larger scale, obviously, but just changing changing the ship in a, in, in many ways. There was, gosh, the Borg have tried to change the the pressure and the, the temperature for them and uh, all sorts of things. So, yeah. Uh, of course, when we talk about the, um, the ascending, we have the, he mentioned, they mentioned the Q and the traveler. Mm -hmm. So we have those from TNG DS nine Voyager Q has been everywhere. Um, pretty much. I, I hope that we see Q in, in lower decks. That would actually be pretty fun. That would be a very, applicable <laughs> and i would just yeah and i would love to just be like see mariner like i don't care you know it's just like yeah. you do not impress me 
Yeah, she wouldn't be impressed, but she'd just be like, oh, hey. Yeah, this this guy knows what's going on. <laughs> oh, that's I didn't even think about that. Oh, yeah, yeah you could have a lot. Of, yeah. uh, there's a lot of possibilities, like just the idea of like, yeah, give me powers. <laughs> like, no, don't give her powers. I don't know that she'd want powers. Um, mm. I I don't I think that she would get bored after like an hour. So being able to do absolutely anything that you want is is great for a very short amount of time. And after that, it's just like when that's the norm, there's nothing left to learn. There's nothing left to do. It's yeah. you can just go anywhere, do anything you want. There's no, there are no stakes to it. There's no learning from it. It's just. Right. Boring. Um, when ten, <clears throat> excuse me, when Tendi goes into the, uh, into O'Connor's, uh, is it O'Connor? It is okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, into his room for the uh, ascension process, uh, the design elements of the kind of what's behind him and the, the holding the candles and all that is very Bajoran. It feels much like the uh, the Bajoran uh, um, orbs boxes, and it's just like mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of a nice little touch that it wasn't specifically that culture, but it has a lot of visual echoes. And speaking of visual echoes, if you notice the mandala looked very much like the Romulan, a bird of prey uh, crest symbol thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Very much. Like, yep. very much. And we first saw it in the neutral zone, which was the other episode with the uh, with all the cryonics and stuff. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, yeah. Sneaky. Hmm. Very yes. sneaky. <laughs> and I, it, this is, I don't think this is what, they, they don't think they did this on purpose, but to me, I think it's funny is that the mandala also has like all of the key colors of the original animated series, the pink, green and uh, blues and, and uh, yeah. And the yellow, just like, okay, these are all those bright garish colors that, that the, uh, the colorist chose. So, yeah. which everybody thought was based because he was the, the art director was colorblind, which he was not. I mean, he was, but that had nothing to do with the colors because the art director didn't choose the colors because it was a very regimented studio. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. So she also, when she's trying to help O'Connor get back into being uh, one with the universe, she mentions a couple different types of things that she, cultures that she looked at. She also looked at the Temerians, which if you know, is the people from the Darmok episode. So clearly we went back and had a second contact with these people. Yes, and that's the kind of stuff that the Cerritos would do mm -hmm. because they're a second contact chip. Yep. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I want to know that story. I want to know who they sent and how they bridged that gap yeah. so that they could communicate. How how can you program a universal translator with metaphor? So that's that's a big challenge. Yeah. Or do you even do that? Do you come up with some kind of commonality that you both can speak? I don't know. I but just metaphors still have to have words, though. That's what. Yeah. I don't know. They still have to a have lot words, of that breaks but... down when you look at it too closely. <laughs> I know. I know. Which which is why I want to know how they would do that story, and yeah. probably why no one's ever done that story. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> With his okay. with the ascension, we I'm just popping through these. I'm sorry. No, no, that's um, great. The uh, Stargate we had mentioned before, actually last week there was a reference that felt very Stargate. This week we have the ascension, which Daniel Jackson ascended. We had some ascended um, 
who were they? The uh, the the ancients, I think that's where they went, right? Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I watched this. I need to go back and do a, a rewatch. Um, and we also had uh, John Doe in TNG's Transfigurations. His entire race was in the process of of evolving and ascending, and they did not like that. They thought that those people were, I don't know, you know, the the freaks of the society. <laughs> uh let's see oh and then he mentions like i'm becoming pure energy uh <laughs> that is also one in an information society song uh which we had talked about before we started recording uh and also uh, that that sound clip that's in that song comes from tos's errand of mercy so we have and, and those people basically have ascended into uh a different those are, those are the organians Yes, you, I remember perfectly. Yes, we actually see those in Enterprise as well, because oh right, yes, it, which is really fun and interesting because you get to see the cast play different characters mm-hmm. while in the body, and yeah. I really enjoyed that episode. Observer that effect fun. is that episode. Yeah, I think so. In case anyone wants to know, cool, <laughs> it's a great episode. Yeah. And he shouts at one point, it's like, I see Abraham Lincoln. And I don't know if it's a direct reference, but there's uh, TOS is oh, the uh, Savage Curtain, which is. It's absolutely a reference to that. <laughs> Lincoln floating in space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, here's like a, re- this is the one deep cut. Uh, when I was looking at Mariners, he got she got her own quarters, which was beautifully done and decorated. There's a big painting behind her bed. I'm like, I know, I've seen this. And it took me a while, and then I, I was going through, and I was literally going through every episode of TNG, just like in fast forward, and fi- Rick Sternbach posted that what it was. So I'm like, thank you for saving me hours of research. Uh, it is uh, a painting that he did in 1976 for the cover of uh, fantasy and science fiction magazine for a Ben Bova story. Uh, no, Gregory Benford, sorry. And he lent them that for the best of both worlds. So that was the in the background on um, Shelby's quarters. So, and it's it's uh, supposedly a ship that is floating in the moon, the atmosphere of, of uh, Mars, uh, not Mars, of Jupiter. So it's a Dovian balloon ship. Nice. So. Yeah. Speaking of Mariner's quarters, is it just me or do they seem a little big? They seem a lot of big. I don't mm-hmm. know if they were doing that just to drive that point home, but it was very cavernous. It felt Michael Burnham sized, you know, it's like where yeah. Discovery had those huge quarters. Yeah, but the thing is, in Michael's cabin on Discovery, there is two people in there, That's not true. just one, because right. she shared that the quarters with Tilly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it just yeah, seemed it big. It seems bigger than Picard's quarters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really I think it's a high ceiling too. That's maybe what part of what does it. Yeah, it's just, yeah. yeah. just we mentioned her. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, and I love, what, especially because that view that we saw when she's rolling on the floor. Like you see more of that. Maybe they just needed it for the space of what they wanted to do with her in that room. Yeah, because you know, know she's that little sitting area where Boimler yeah. talking to her. Mm-hmm. Bed and he's sitting in the sitting area and all upset and that's yeah. when he decides to become the yeah for, for someone who's just got been upgraded that's a that's a or uh, been promoted that's a big upgrade in their their living quarters from hallway to that <laughs> <laughs> she she hates it though she's so far away from all of her friends yeah 
we have Moriarty, which we had mentioned earlier when Boimler was was talking on the comms. Uh, and then these the the poker. This is one of my favorite. Like if you're watching the the visual feed, the photo that I found of the Enterprise crew playing poker is really really mirrors the image that they used in uh, uh, Lower Deck. So I'm guessing that it was actually a reference. I think. But mm -hmm. Deanna Troy looks just about as happy as Mariner does, which is <laughs> hilarious. And the yeah. uh, the visor that Ta'ana is wearing is very much like Data's poker visor. It's exactly like so. Data's poker visor. Is it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was coming towards the end of my Easter eggs. I'm like, yeah, that looks good. But no, I love that this, like even the, the windows are, are kind of in the same direction and yeah. everything. So I was going to say that same thing. So, yeah, that was pretty fun. Uh, and then the last one, I don't think this is an Easter egg necessarily, but I just I picked out that when they were eating in the the mess hall, uh, that it must have been Taco Tuesday because everybody was getting tacos. And they're the exact same tray and the layout of tacos as in the Discovery short of a uh, short track Calypso. So mm -hmm. I thought that was that was really fun, but and uh, you know, yeah, the joy of getting yeah. extra pudding too. Which, <laughs> Rutherford was way more interested in the pudding. Yep. <laughs> and I understand. I understand. When you're really passionate about something and you get extra of that something, yes. it's a beautiful thing. He had to let everybody know. Hey, yeah. extra pudding. Which could you just not go replicate extra pudding? I don't know. <laughs> I think maybe that there's rations so that people uh. can't just get all the food all of the time. Because then there would be they people it just wouldn't fit through the doorway. <laughs> it's just like they say they wouldn't fit into their uniform. <laughs> They'd have to yeah. keep replicating new uniforms, and they're just not going to do that. Mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> they're not, not at all. Uh, well, we had a question this week that we we've been doing that uh, that we sent out to everybody in in our uh, Camp Kittimer uh, Facebook group for Trek Geeks and on our Discord server uh, in. Outpost 13, which if you want to join our Discord server, it is a lot of fun. We've got a lot of really positive conversation, and I'm going to try and put that information up, and it's not here. But you can just uh, check out outpost13.org, and there'll be information there. So uh, the question this week was, if you ascended to a higher plane of existence, what universal mystery would you want to solve first? So... What would you want to solve? Me? Yes. I'm how, ask you first. How the universe there. began. <laughs> how the universe began. Yes. Well, that's good. I want to. I want to see the beginning. You want to be Doctor Who and go watch the the beginning and the end of the universe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, I'm there for that. I'm. I'm going more like really. I don't know, 1970s in search of. I want to know like all of the the cryptids and what happened to Amelia Earhart, which I know she landed in the, the Delta Quadrant. Uh <laughs> yes, that's what happened to her. Yes. Alien. When they thought that they found her plane, that's what I kept posting on. It's like, no, no, no. We we've known since the 90s what happened to her. I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, she's in the Delta Quadrant. And people are like, okay, shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm a geek. Come on. It's but I wasn't the only one who was doing that, which made me very happy. Yes. So, uh, yeah, no, I think I, that would just 
you know, what happened to Amelia Earhart, who stole the Lindbergh baby, all of those just things that aren't really mysteries per se that, I mean, they are, but they, you know, that just what happened just mm-hmm. to be able to, to put a pin in that and go, okay, I know, I know that now. Uh, yeah. Let's see from, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I feel like if I were ascending to a higher plane of existence, that those things would probably no longer matter to me. And therefore I would mm, focus my intent and thought on the most universal mystery of all, which is the universe. Mm. So that's how I got to that place. <laughs> so I think it'd be like, I don't know how it, it would almost become like, I think you said with uh, Mariner getting powers, I think you'd get bored soon. Like if you know everything, if you become one with everything. Well, who's to say there aren't more universes? True. Well, they are. We do know that, right? <laughs> uh, so for Camp in Camp Kinnamer, uh, we had Eric said uh, he would help solve the answer to the Rubik's cube, and uh, but I think it might be better used on solving why we are here, what the purpose of life is, and how the universe was created. So there you go. Uh, so the answer is not forty-two. No, it's not so. forty-two. In Star Trek, is forty-seven. Yes. Sorry. No, I, I, there was a lot of that too. People responded to that question. Like, no, it's not 42, it's 47. Uh, John Cooley. The people who haven't oh, read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. No, I know what you're talking about. Of I'm course I knew. People. I knew that you knew. Of course I knew like, that you knew that I knew that we knew. Yes. And uh, <laughs> always have a towel. Anyway, yes. go on. <laughs> no, I, um, do I have a towel? I don't have a towel around here. Oh no, uh, <laughs> I've got a blanket. Does that count? Uh, yes. Okay, good. Uh, John Cooley uh, from Anovos, and who we're going to talk about at the very end uh, about like a little thing we discovered with the Cerritos, um, said, "Where is Viger, Ilya, and Decker, and what are they doing for fun on the astral plane?" Which I liked. Are they even separate entities anymore? Hmm, that's a good point. They might just be because one thing. the whole thing was that they were merging with Viger. So yep. they really aren't separate entities anymore. They are one. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Levin, where do socks go? Mm. They go into a pocket dimension <laughs> and then are spat out into a different part of the planet, which is why you sometimes find socks in your laundry that you'd have never owned. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, the pocket dimension reminds me of the uh, where the Bonaventure was found, and I'm wearing the fan set Bonaventure pin today. Which oh, and if you oh, ahead, sorry, no, just, I'm wearing Giorgio today. Oh, nice. Have you listened to the new uh, book or read the I, new book? I haven't. I it's, a, it's all Giorgio focused, the, the mirror universe version. So it's yeah. kind of fun. It's I'm I'm looking forward to it. Actually, I just I have so little time to read. I'm that's hoping. why I use Audible. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I have a hard time focusing on audiobooks because mm. sometimes I will start thinking about something else and then I will realize I've missed 10 minutes yep. and have to try and back up and figure out where I left off. So if yeah. I'm going to do something like that, I'd rather do it in book form because I can find more easily where <laughs> I, I stop paying attention, which is uh-huh. not to say that audiobooks aren't great. I, I do... Yeah audiobooks are great but they don't really work for me in the way that i would like them to fair um i would i used to listen to them in the car and then decided that was not good because i would 
be concentrating too much on the book and miss an exit or something like that. I'm like, oh, nope, that's not good. Uh, yeah. So I kind of just went to either podcast or radio. But uh, no, so we have a discount code for uh, fan sets, though. We have if Infinite Trek, all one word, you get 15% off. So we are we are a sponsored podcast. Very exciting. <laughs> uh daniel this is the, i'm gonna kind of combine these two daniel ireland and then debbie uh i'm going to mangle this person's name so i'm gonna say debbie uh <laughs> say, who let the dogs out and who's on first respectively no who's not on first <laughs> so when i she i responded with a a uh an image of doctor who <laughs> <Who's on first? laughs> yes well done <laughs> I love uh, Twitter. We'll go, I'm going to go back. I, there's two I miss. Uh, Whitby Klingon said, "What does God need with a starship?" Mm. I, like that. I like that answer or question. Uh, and then call me DJM is Joseph Cisco's jambalaya recipe. Mm. So I'm going to end with this one, and uh, we'll see if anybody in the chat room has responded. Uh, the crack open the multi universe and see all the possible universes for. 10 seasons of Firefly, five seasons of TOS, a full year run of Babylon 5 Crusade and Legends of the Rangers. <laughs> yeah. I knew that's why I had to bring that up because I knew that you would just. <laughs> my heart. Yay. My heart. My heart. We have been seen. <laughs> 1960s Doctor Who Star Trek crossover film. Yeah, that would have been interesting. A 2009 Doctor Who Star Trek crossover film, which seems more realistic possible. That would be kind of, and my this is my favorite: a good ending to the original, uh, or to uh, the original V series. Yes, thank you. You know when they sent they out that signal? What is it with science fiction? Let's send out a signal and call these people, and then you never follow up with it. Happened in TNG too. Maybe it's just mm -hmm. the 80s. <laughs> I oh, think it, it was the 80s is it, it was still that sort of feeling of yeah we're going to introduce this thing and we're never going to come back to it mm -hmm. going to always have to wonder they didn't they everything was episodic they didn't do overarching yeah. stories so yeah. much back then. even in the miniseries <laughs> even in the miniseries like and i have i had watched a few miniseries in my time because my parents were watching them, and again we had mm -hmm. one two, and i was like wait what but what about this with... thing that thing <laughs> Introduce with V that Julie was always in the conversion chamber. Like it was nice. last time on, next time. I'm like, does she ever leave the conversion chamber? Are we gonna have a story with her anymore? <laughs> She's just there. What in that weird pink bodysuit, like shaking like the uh agony booth or whatever from, from TOS. Agony booth, that's exactly right. Uh, oh, PJC4774 uh, in the chat room says, also 10 seasons of Enterprises. Of Enterprises. <laughs> Enterprise. Yes, Thank you, Patrick. 10 might be a little too much. I don't know. I don't. I yeah, think uh, that the that, seven is good. Well, it, it's honestly, you can almost always, depending on the series, kind of throw away the first two seasons of it while they're finding their footing. Okay, I can see that. Uh, I'm not saying that this is always true, but in the case right. of most of the Star Trek series, that's kind of true. And they really hit their stride in season three, and then they're yeah. starting to really come into their own in season four, and then all that, no, no. Yep. No more. 
that's so, because people can't see more than one Star Trek on TV at the same time. People are just burned out on Star Trek. I'm like, no, no, we weren't. So burned out. It's, yeah. It was a bunch of BS. The whole, yeah. every, everything that everybody says these days about why Enterprise was canceled, 99% of it is wrong. Oops. Yeah. Wrong. Yep. Ah, uh, so uh, real quick before we go, uh, we have one of the we were looking at the Cerritos, looking at some of the design elements and stuff. And something that I noticed almost about the same time that John Cooley did, and so <laughs> I, I promised him I would call it the Cooley effect, which is like the Boimler effect. I want to get a plaque and everything. That yes. I'm gonna bring these pictures up, and if you're not seeing the live version, I will put this out on Twitter uh, as well on our Twitter account and Instagram is that the Cerritos, if you look at it, it has that sort of classic pose in orbit that TNG always had with the Enterprise-D. But what's interesting is if you overlay the Enterprise on top of it, the deflector dish is in exactly the same spot, even though you have nothing in between it. So you get there's a, a subconscious sort of, oh, I see the Enterprise even though I don't see the Enterprise because your brain is connecting those two pieces in the same spot, which I thought yeah. was like, like that is really clever design. Indeed I just think that, it is. yeah, I, I want to give, uh, you know, a high five to whoever came up with that idea, but just looking at that, I'm like, Oh wait, cause I had a layer on, on top of something. It was just like, Oh, and, it, and he literally <laughs> like at the same time had posted something about like, there's something that I've noticed that nobody's seen yet. And so I was like, is it this? And he's like, yes. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah. So we're, we're calling it the Cooley effect. But uh, yeah, so that uh, that was a, the episode was great this week. I just, yeah. you know, it it was, I think, with the not having just the the relentless Easter eggs like season or episode two, which was fun in its own right. Mm -hmm. I got to really just get into the story and there was just so much story for such a short period of time it was crazy yes i i will also say really quickly that uh, my mother had not seen any of the new trek and i finally got her <laughs> fire stick working so that she could watch cbs all access and start watching the new trek and she said what episode do i have to watch because you're doing that show on friday because that's the unready room yeah. on friday night and so I told her which one it was. And then the next day she said, well, I watched one of the episodes and I'm not sure if it was the right one. And I said, well, what happened in it? She said, well, there was the green girl who was trying to help the guy ascend. And I said, mom, you watched the right one. And she loved it. Oh, good. She loved it. And she wants to watch all of them. All, all of the other episodes so she far. She can come and, and watch our show as well on Saturday morning. Yeah. She doesn't have to stay up late on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> She's not staying up late on Friday night. It's hard to here. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. I just, she, and she loved it. She laughed out loud and she oh, thought it good. was a good story. She loved the animation. Yeah. Yeah, this so, was a perfect. If you wanted to show off the animation, this was the episode for that. It was really, really great. And for the record, my mother is 82 years old and has wow. literally been watching Star Trek since the beginning. So nice. That's fantastic. She's one, of the, she's one of those all Trek is all Trek. And for the people who are like, I don't want to get CBS All Access, thanks to the pandemic, maybe one of the few things that was a good good result, it is now coming to CBS. Uh, Star Trek uh, Discovery Season 1 will be playing on the air. So if you haven't seen it before and you really want to and you didn't want to pay money for it, you can now watch it on regular television. Yes. So, 
And I'm kind of hoping that they do season two after that, that they just keep doing that. I think that would be great. They might because they got some serious holes in their schedule. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so that was a smart play on their part. Yeah. I'm going back to season one anyway for my podcast, What the Future Holds, oh. a Star Trek Every podcast on Hall Sweet Media. What a nice transition. Where can we find you, Brandy? <laughs> well, you can find me on that, which actually our first episode will debut on the same day that this episode audio version drops. Oh, okay. So look for that on all of your podcatchers. Again, What the Future Holds, Star Trek Discovery Podcast. You can go to hollowsweetmedia.com or search for it in any of your podcatchers. Also on Hollowsweet Media, I do a Deep Space Nine podcast called The Vedic Assembly with my friends Liam and Nick. And I do both go with Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast with my friend Suzanne which we are having a great time on all of these things. I am, I'm doing a lot of things and I'm loving every one of them. You can't make me get them up. Uh, well, as I'm glad that you actually have the time. That's great. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I'm not giving any of them. Up. I'm not giving this up. I'm not giving up the unwriting. I'm not, I'm going to do them all. I'm going to do them all. So because I can, and because you know, it's, it's nice to actually have creative input and be able to do the things yeah. that I want to do. So, yeah. uh, and then on Friday nights, uh, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, <laughs> I figure it out from that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of seeing all the time zones I'm not in. So, 7 p.m. Mountain Time is the Unready Room with me and Dan Gunther. And right oh, now, we are talking about lower decks as well. Totally different conversation than I had last night. That's why I love Trek. You can have different conversations with different yeah. people about the exact same subject matter. And you can find that on YouTube on Kurt Rats Productions channel. Kurt Rats it is Star a lot Trek of fun. It, yeah, it is a lot of fun. And I love when you show up in the chat because you always <laughs> drop in the knowledge, yo. <laughs> Fantastic. So there. And then uh, I also do a podcast with my husband called Dark Corner Podcast, which we're recording after we have lunch after this show. <laughs> <laughs> and we talk about nerdy, geeky, weird things or whatever we want to talk about from a sort of a gothy perspective. Mm. And you can find that and my other podcast. I still haven't gone. Yeah, it's there's fun. so much to, to take in. Like, there, well, much. I could just have programming just based on what you do. Of the <laughs> like, that's all my my media for the week. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I do a solo podcast called Head Cannon, which is a weird trip through my brain and my fandoms. And uh, you can find both of those on darkcornerpodcast.com. That is it. Brandywine12 on Twitter. Sorry. Ooh. Brandywine12 on Twitter. Brandy Jackola on Instagram. And Aaron, tell me about the places where you are. Tell me. Well, you can find me at Geek Filter on Twitter and Instagram, and I'm going to be starting a new podcast, which is a podcast about Brandy's podcasts. So. <laughs> You're pulling my name. <laughs> it's called Jacola of All Trades. <laughs> That'll be coming to Outpost 13 next week. <laughs> I'm sure it's a surprise to Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great we're going to have a lot of people on to just discuss what they think about your podcast great i don't want to know what they think uh, let's see uh i need to get a moderator i wonder if dave would do it i'll be the moderator since you're talking there you about go. <laughs> i love that oh, oh but make, yeah. it so. <laughs> make it so great well thank you everybody for joining us Ah, and so yeah tune in next week when we become a, a jack of all or jack of all trades <laughs> ah, thank you everybody have a good day 
Live long and prosper. Infinite Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Coconut!